Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're so glad that you're here with us today. In the last episode, we did part one as we were talking about scripts, and we're just going to continue in that conversation today. So if you haven't already listened to part one, go ahead and listen to that, and then join us as we jump into today's episode. So now we want to give you guys a couple of practical examples of what negative scripting really can look like. And a great example of this, and we've talked about this in other podcast episodes, but are absolutes. So when you're talking to your partner, you say, you always or you never do this. So more specific examples, you never take the trash out. Now, a problem with the absolute type statements is that you are setting it up in a way that you're going to get more of a predictably negative response from your partner. Right. It makes people immediately defensive because they're trying to think of the one example or one or two times where then that makes that whole statement not true. And even though what's happening is the person is trying to express their level of frustration or hurt by using that absolute statement, you're actually stepping on your own toes. You're getting in the way of your own argument because the other person isn't taking that meaning away. They're not taking, oh, they're just trying to express how upset they are about this. They don't really mean always or never. They're taking your words more at face value versus you'd be much better served if you said something along the lines of, you know, I asked you to take out the trash and you didn't take it out. That's frustrating for me. Because now there's no way they can misinterpret it. Now we're not arguing about something that's not important. Absolutes is a great example of a negative script that you want to steer away from because it causes major problems down the conversation line. And in that example of you never take out the trash, I'm probably going to continue talking, right, and telling him all these things, but he immediately will shut down and start to get defensive into his mind and think, when was the last time I took out the trash? When was the last time? And the whole time I'm still talking, but he's not listening to what I'm saying because he's thinking, oh, last Thursday. No, last Thursday I took out the trash. And then we're just arguing, but we're not getting to the point or the heart of what the issue is. And the heart of me saying, you never take out the trash is, I need more help. And that would be so helpful if you took out the trash more. Another good example of negative scripting would be speaking on behalf of what somebody is thinking or feeling, especially when it's a one-to-one conversation. So let's look at this scenario, a couple's having a discussion, and they're talking about a situation that didn't go very well. Well, I know you did that because you're mad about this, that, or the other thing. Or I know that you feel this way. And I can't tell you how oftentimes I'm in couple sessions, and I will watch the other person who's listening, their face just scrunch up, because it's generally very distasteful when somebody's telling you, what your motivations are, or what it is that you're feeling, right? Now, I understand what's happening is that the person who's saying on behalf of their partner what they believe they're thinking or what they're feeling, the reason why they're saying that is they're trying to express, I'm concerned or I'm worried that this is what's going on in your mind. But when you're just saying it that way, it creates this negative script where, again, just similarly to the absolutes, it causes the partner to go into this defensive mode where they get irritated or frustrated And now, all of a sudden, this conversation is now set up for failure. It doesn't have to fail, but now it's set up for failure. The dominoes are all set up, and all it takes is one little flick. 
If the partner responds negatively to that initial negative foray into the discussion, that's that flick and the dominoes fall down, we read through the script and we have this negative interaction that then plays out at the end of the day. I have a great example of this just happening where it would have been so easy to ascribe a motivation and then it would have let us down an obvious fight. But the answer to this is instead of saying what your partner is feeling or their motivation or their intention, it's to ask them and check it out with them. And so we have three of our kids' birthdays within a week. There's two that are back-to-back, a day after another, and then another one several days later. And so we were about to have a party, and I was vacuuming upstairs, and I had gotten the kids just these, like, tiny desktop pinatas that probably aren't even supposed to be used as pinatas, but I get them for the kids, and we just do this as a family on their actual birthdays. And then we're going to have a bigger party for all three. But we had just done a specific unicorn pinata the day before with my daughter, and I was focused on getting ready for the party. And my son really wanted to do his pinata because it was his birthday that day. And I was vacuuming upstairs, trying to get things done, and he asked me if we can do the pinata. And I said, go ask your dad if he can do it. And so he comes back up a while later, and he's looking a little sad, and he says, Dad says, no, we have to wait for you. And so I say, okay, I'll be down a little bit, buddy. We can do it then. And so I continue vacuuming. And honestly, for a little bit, I was starting to get upset because I thought, oh my gosh, here I am, vacuuming, trying to get ready for this party. And I had even asked him, what's Dad doing? Is he busy? And he said, no, he's sitting on the couch. And so even more in my mind, you know, I'm vacuuming, getting angrier, and I'm allowing these emotions and this frustration to escalate. And then I finish upstairs, I come downstairs, and I really did for a second just stop and think, okay, how do I want this conversation to go? And it's really easy just to kind of huff and puff, get the pinata, set it up, act happy around the kids, and but make sure that my husband knows that I'm upset, right? But instead, I thought, I wonder if he was waiting for me because he knows that I love to experience things as a family. And so I took a breath and I went downstairs and I asked him something to the effect of, hey, you told Caleb that he couldn't do the pinata. Is it because you didn't want to do it? And he said, no, not at all. I told him we had to wait for you because I know that you'd probably want to be there for it. And that was an opportunity right there to re-script and to change the scenario. Because I could have then continued on with the script and been like, no, I'm upstairs, I'm vacuuming, I'm getting ready for the party, and you're just sitting there. And so there were several crossroads in this conversation. That initial interaction that I had with him, where I could have ascribed his intention and his meaning and gotten more and more frustrated on me having to get ready for the party and do this. And then the next crossroads was when he told me what his meaning was, I could have not believed him or I could have still been frustrated and continued on that path. But instead, it was an easy opportunity to shift and to say thank you for waiting. Even though in this situation, I would have been okay with him continuing without me. He knows that in general, I do like to be there. Oh yeah, for sure. I think even now listening to you say this, I feel like I'm in an alternate dimension, thinking that you would give me permission to have the kids hit the piñata (laughs) without you there to watch it. There's no way I ever would have believed or understood that that's what you would have wanted unless you were there directly telling me, I'm going to go upstairs and vacuum while I'm vacuuming. I want you to, without me present, hit the pinata with the kids. That that would have never, I would have never thought that 
unless you were that blatant and explicit with me about it, because that generally isn't how you normally operate. Right. That's not our normal script. No. Listen, for you listening out there who don't know, Ruth Ruth loves all the things. She loves to participate in all the things. And so thinking that she wouldn't want to participate in one of the things or be willing to miss one of the things is absolutely out of this world. But as I was upstairs, I was definitely stewing. And that conversation could have turned out totally different. But like Tim's saying, one of the things that you have to be careful of is telling the other person what they meant or the reasons on why they were doing something. You really have to work at giving the other person the benefit of the doubt. And where that starts is asking clarifying questions. Don't ascribe meaning to what they're saying. Ask them, what do you mean by that? Or in this situation, asking him why he wanted me to do it instead of him. And I even think in general, the way you ask questions, you have to be careful. Because if you're boxing your partner in by the way you ask a question, where you frame it where basically they only have a yes or no answer, you're limiting a lot of different possibilities out. And the thing is that the majority of the time we marry somebody who's very different from us. And so then when we limit it down to what our imagination could come up with as what the possible responses are, you're missing out on this whole plethora, this whole spectrum of different ideas, thoughts, or conclusions that somebody could come to. And so if she came to me and said, hey, Tim, why haven't you hit the pinata? Easy answer would have been, well, I'm waiting for you. You'd want to see this, wouldn't you? Right. And so be careful about also the phrasing of the questions, because also sometimes people weaponize questions in the way they ask a question. They're actually attacking the person in the way that they're asking the question. And so generally, if you want to make sure you're not weaponizing it or you're not creating this box that they can't get out of, hey, can you explain to me your thought process or can you explain what your motivations were? And when you do that, it's very open-ended. It's hard for somebody to take that the wrong way. They may come to the conclusion, oh, they might be a little bit upset, but I don't know what they're thinking. I'm thinking, I'm just going to tell them what's on my mind. Right. And you can use the exact same words, but your tone of voice makes a big difference or the way you ask the question can make a big difference. So like you just said, why haven't you hit the pinata yet? Versus why haven't you hit the pinata yet? I think that leads into another example of scripts that happen again and again. And I think this can happen a lot of times, right, where you are just saying these sarcastic comments out in the air where I could have walked downstairs and said, all right, kids, let's do the pinata. I guess I just have to do everything around here. And that feels so uncomfortable and weird to me because that's not how we talk in our house. But I think that happens a lot. People will say these sarcastic remarks just up in the air, even though we know that it's pointed at someone and that person knows that it's pointed at them. Or just be passive aggressive with things. And again, when you engage in that way, you're setting up a likely scenario of events that are going to follow after that. And the end conclusion of those likely scenario of events is not very positive. And this is something I talk to my clients all the time is that you can never guarantee anything with human dynamics, but there's certain ways and patterns of behaviors where you can get higher percentages of good outcomes or higher percentages of negative outcomes. So a good example of something that gives you higher negative outputs or higher percentage chances of things going bad are when you do these negative scripts or when you just follow this script that has expressed a negative outcome or the passive aggressive or the sarcastic remarks, those all have a very high probability of having a negative outcome, even if they don't come with a negative outcome right there. And a lot of times what happens is that's why people can get sucked into, I think, being passive aggressive. Because a lot of times it doesn't elicit a negative response right there. 
But your partner does have a tendency to register that and their mind holds on to that. And not necessarily even them trying to keep a record of the wrong that just happened, but that's just how people's brains work. And that will increase a level of irritation, which is then more likely to elicit a negative response than later on. And so if you think you're getting away by getting in a little jab, let me tell you, it will come back around eventually. And so as much as you can, you want to try to work towards using those higher percentage outcome type behaviors, trying to ask these open-ended questions, trying to identify and not fall in line with these negative scripts, trying to work on creating new positive scripts that then can help you have those better outcomes. And we talk about a lot on here, those little foxes that ruin our vineyards, right? It's those little foxes and those little things in our relationships, those little jabs here and there that over time will cause it to fail. And so I think that setting yourself up for the success or going down a path where it's fatal for your relationship. All right, you guys, we're going to stop there on part two as we talk about scripts. So please join us in the next episode as we continue this conversation. Have a great day and remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.